What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. You guys, your girl is terrible. I mean terrible at drinking water. I always have been. It's just not my strong suit. I forget to drink water all of the time. But we obviously need to drink water. It's wildly important, right, for your skin, for your cell reproduction, for all of it, right? So I found this thing called Liquid IV, and it is my favorite product. And I'm only ever going to talk to you about the things that I love. And so Liquid IV is something that I L-O-V-E love. So it's like a drink packet that you put into your water. It makes your water taste so much better. And why it's awesome is it provides two to three times faster hydration into your bloodstream and is way more efficient than just drinking water alone. So I highly recommend it. If you want to know, my favorite flavors are guava and passion fruit. So if you want to try out Liquid IV, I do have a code for you. It is Victoria Brown and you'll get 25% off and free shipping by using that code. So the code is Victoria Brown. Highly recommend guava. Highly recommend passion fruit. Yeah, Liquid IV. Try it out. Man, oh man, oh man, I got a good one for you today. So I got my dear friend Danielle Pacenti on today and we are going to talk all things fitness, but like so much more than that. To be honest, like fitness is her profession, but it's not necessarily like who she is at her core. I have been friends with Danielle for many years and she's just one of those people who, you know, it's like a cheesy thing to say, like so authentic and like unapologetically yourself. But like, she like actually really, really, really is. She's one of my favorite accounts to follow on social media. She has a fitness empire, if you will. She teaches online fitness classes and has a community that is so strong. The people that follow her are, you know, just her biggest fans. And she really pours into her community in such a special and unique way that I think a lot of people out in the world are not doing in the way that she's doing it. And you'll understand what I mean once we get into this whole interview. But she's also on the Fit On app. And you know, beyond that, I look up to her as a friend and her husband is involved and like really helps her build her business and they're a team together. And so you see all of that on Instagram, but who she is on Instagram and who she is in real life are the same exact person. And that is something I feel like is pretty rare these days. So you're going to hear so much in this conversation about life, about imposter syndrome, about internet trolls, about how to continue on when you try something and it fails and then it fails again and then it fails again. And knowing that it takes some time before you find success and you really get your rhythm in things. So we're going to talk all about all of that stuff. I know you're going to love it. I know you're going to want to share this one. And I know you're going to want to follow Danielle after this episode is over. So I'll leave all of her info in the comments. Check it out. Here we go. 
What is up, you guys? I have Danielle Pacenti in the house. I am so pumped that you're here. I'm pumped to be here. Oh my gosh. Yes. This is so exciting. I just think that you are the bomb.com and I've thought that for such a long time. And so I think it's going to be a good conversation. I think there's going to be so many shareable moments. And so we're going to get right into it. We're going to just get right into it. The Very Best Self podcast, just to roll it off here, what does being your very best self mean to you? There's so many different directions this could go in of being your very best self because it's it's such an all-encompassing thing, right? Like, what does that really look like for everyone? And I think it looks so different for everyone. For me, movement is such a part of my lifestyle. So for me, movement is being my best self, being able to move my body, get up every day, appreciate the fact that I can move my body and keeping you know my mental health in order, making sure I take time for myself, but also pouring back into people and helping people and trying to make movement medicine for people and, and help people enjoy that. So I think my very best self surrounds movement and happiness and energy and bringing that to other people. I love that. So that is like what you do too. It's the thing that brings you the most joy. And it's also just what you do for a living and who you are in this world. And so you live out in LA and you have this insane fitness community that you have built, the DP Fit Crew, right? Just like the most supportive group of people, because like you said, you pour into them. And I know that like what I love too is like your Instagram bio in itself. It says, I help you believe in your damn self. So what is your approach to fitness that you think makes what you do unique to... There's a million trainers in the world. There's so many, especially when the pandemic hit and all of a sudden like everyone was a trainer and everyone was doing everything virtually where you have been doing this for so many years. What is your unique approach to fitness and why is it that you think that your community has grown to be so strong, the the strong community that it is today? I think so much of it is in like how we show up on the platform, right? I think Instagram has become such a different beast over the last five to eight years. And I never got into this business online. I got into the business in person where I was training my clients one-on-one and I was really seeing what they needed. And I was with them every day and I was talking to them face-to-face. And so when I got out of that business and left it for the online training thing, I just thought, how am I even going to connect with people online? Like, how is this going to work? And I think one of the biggest things I try to focus on is just actually caring for every single person that comes into my programs, into my challenges is it's a level of care for form, for safety, for how they're moving their bodies. What's the other things going on outside of fitness in their life? Like mentally, where are they at? And getting to know each client on a personal level, which is tough online when you have a larger audience, it gets tougher as things grow, but it is at the core of what I do. And I'm trying not to let it slide by the wayside. Even as I grow, it's like one of my biggest fears is losing touch with that. I don't ever want to lose touch with my core community and my people and people that are coming into my programs because everyone should feel seen and heard in their fitness journey. If your people don't feel seen and heard in types of ways that help them to understand fitness and understand the form of it and what they're doing with their bodies 
then I just don't think you're doing your job as a trainer. And so I really want to teach them what they're doing, not just have them depend on me to give them workouts, if that makes sense. So I think the big part of the growth and the journey for me has been to really listen to provide them with a lot of different resources that they can go to, a lot of free resources, and to make it a little more accessible for kind of everyone to hop in at their whatever level they're at. I'm going to help them to get there, get up to that advanced level or wherever they're they're starting at, I'll meet them there. That makes total sense. And I think the mindset piece, you know, for me is like huge. And I guess that's why, you know, I feel so connected to you is because I think we understand community in a very similar way. And in, in what you were saying that people want to be seen and they want to feel heard and they want to feel appreciated and they don't want to just be another number. You have to put people before numbers, before profit. People always have to come first. And I remember, you know, I've read uh, Simon Sinek's books, you know, Start With Why and and all those. They're all Leaders Eat Last, incredible books. And that's like his methodology as well is like, you have to put people before profit and profit just comes on its own. Profit is like a thing that will happen. Like the money will come if you can release that. And like you said, focus on your people. Yeah. And the money part is such a big aspect of it because it's like, there are a lot of people in the training business that are in it for money. And I really just think that's like, whoo, that's the wrong reason, right? I don't think many of us got into this business because we genuinely freaking love what we do. And if that can be your core, then yes, of course the money will come, but you have to be willing to do things when nobody's clapping, nobody's buying your stuff, nobody cares and nobody knows who you are because you love it that much. Right. And there's always going to be like tough times and hurdles and all the different things that we deal with in this business. But when you have that core foundation of love for movement and for helping other people, it literally rises above everything else. Hello, that was a moment right there. Did you guys hear what she just said? Because that applies to everything in life. You know what I mean? That applies to literally everything. If you can find the things that you're passionate about, like the money will come all of it. And I mean, that was that was a that was a truth bomb right there. People are chasing that that figure that money figure. And it's, it never leads you right, because you have to serve from a place of like, where's your heart at, it needs to be a heart service first. And then the thing will build and the thing will come and it will take a lot of time as as we know. (laughs) Right. And that's the truth too, is like anytime we're nervous about something or we're scared to give a presentation or we're, you know, afraid to teach a fitness class or whatever it is. I mean, what you just said too is another, another kind of nugget right there is like, if you can remind yourself, like I'm doing this to be of service to others and you can do that in any profession, by the way, in any profession, you can be of service to others. And so if you can remind yourself that that's the reason why you're doing what you're doing, I think a lot of your nerves kind of can go away and you can kind of stand in your power and your strength when you can remind yourself that I'm not here for me, I'm here for other people. And how can I help other people through what I'm doing and what I'm passionate about? It is literally what I come back to. That's such a good point that you just brought up too. Because I always come back to that on days when I'm having that imposter syndrome comparison trap. Like we all have been there. And on those days, I literally look at my community, the DP Fit Crew, and I'm like, look at who you're serving and how you're serving them. How can you serve them? Like this is not about anybody else. This is about being of service to them. And when I come back to that, everything else feels like noise. 
We find complete clarity. In terms of comparison and imposter syndrome, you know, I think it was Teddy Roosevelt who said, comparison is a thief of joy, right? Like that's the fastest way to drain your own joy is to compare ourselves to other people. So between bouncing back and reminding yourself that you're in service of others, is there any other tips or tricks that you have in terms of dealing with imposter syndrome? When you're really truly focused on your path and you have purpose behind what you're doing, you get excited about your own shit, so to speak. Like when you're not excited about your own stuff, guess what? You're going to go be looking at other things. And so action and taking action and not just your business, but like whatever you're doing, if you're taking action for the things that you want to do, you'll always have something to do. But if you're just sitting there looking around at these shiny objects and things around you, it is going to drain you. It is going to be a time suck that is not of service to you. So I always say like, if you have an idea, act on it, even if it's not perfect, even if it's ugly, even if you're not ready, even if you literally decide yesterday, you're like, I'm going to launch a podcast. I have no clue what I'm doing. Here we go. Like that's action. Action breeds more action. And when you can take action in not just your business, in your life, it actually takes comparison away because you're on your own path. You're doing shit you love and you're trying to level up. Exactly. I say the same thing to my life coaching clients. Action builds confidence. If you can remain in a state of doing, even if you are not sure what you're doing all the time, because guess what? Newsflash, none of us know what we're doing. (laughs) Nobody knows. (laughs) I think about parents, right? You can read every single parenting book that ever was created or written. You can read every blog about parenting. You can read and consume all of it. And I've asked so many moms and dads this, but I'm like, does anything actually prepare you for the day when like the baby comes home? (laughs) The answer to that question is no, absolutely not. You learn by doing. And when you start to take steps and you start to move in any certain direction, even when you're not so sure of everything. It just, the path reveals itself as you begin to step. And that's where the confidence comes from. But when we sit back and we do nothing and we just stare at our phone screen, we're like, okay, well, how did so-and-so do it? And how did blah, blah, blah do it? And like, maybe I should try that method or maybe I should do this. And then it's like, then it's this thing called paradox of choice where you were just like, there's so many different avenues and angles that I could take. And then you just end up literally doing nothing. Yeah. It gets cloudy. And which in turn makes you feel worse about yourself. (laughs) totally every time we look at what someone else is doing we don't know the steps that it took for them to get there because we may be seeing someone's journey at level 20 right like if someone came to my page now and was like oh i want to do what she's doing in business and they didn't know that i've been in this game for like a decade they could look at my stuff and be like it's not fair that she's there and like how did she do that let me dive in it's like no this is six plus years of mistakes, six plus years of many failed launches over and over again, six plus years of grinding of free content, like the list goes on. So when we literally look at someone's chapter 20, of course, we're not going to be there if we're on chapter one. And I always encourage people, if you're going to look at someone and gain inspiration, that's totally fine. But don't compare your path to theirs if they're on chapter 20 and you're on chapter one. And I know that sounds like a cliche thing to say, but some of my biggest inspirations are on chapter 50 and I'm still on chapter 20, right? So I can't compare. I can only be inspired by that and continue building and grinding 
to what I want my business to be. Yeah. I like see you on a TV show as like the trainer. I like believe in you. Like there's so many people who have communities and there's so many people who have programs and there's so many people who do this thing. But like, I don't know, for me, maybe I'm biased because like, I've known you for a little while now. But like, I don't know, from the outside looking in, I'm just like, this girl has got it all. Like when it comes to fitness, I'm just like, this is the person I would want to train me. This is the person I would want to guide me. She's like real. She's cool. She's authentic. She's kind. She's welcoming. She's inclusive. Like, what do you see? Thank you. I'll just have a VB hype in my ear every morning when I wake up. I would love to just repeat that whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. Like when you said TV, it brought me back to the fact that I have literally auditioned for Biggest Loser main trainer a hundred times over. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It's like at one point I thought that's what I wanted, which is so interesting because that is what I want. I wanted to be that main trainer. And like, I thought that was my path. And I got rejected so many freaking times for the most insane reasons. Like I'm I'm sure, you know, we've all dealt with rejection. And as time went on, I saw, I was like, Oh, maybe that's not what I want to be because I don't want to be molded into a, a trainer. And, you know, you hear all the, the inner workings of the behind the scenes of TV shows and stuff like that. But I think I always want to be myself and pave my own way. And it's really hard when you work for other people or again, you sign on to a show or something. And it's like, people are always going to try to mold you as a trainer and in this business. And it has happened time and time again to me where people are saying, Hey, can you say that line again this way? Or Hey, can you maybe throw in some hot topic marketing words like fat loss, muffin top? Like, and I'm like, yo, that is not how I train. And so I've gotten to this point in my career where I'm just like so unapologetically myself. I don't care what anyone wants me to be. And I just want to be myself as a trainer and keep growing that way. And I think that will eventually lead me down the path. And yes, I'm going down the path. I've got lots of big goals. But if I just maintain who I am as a trainer and continue to build my community up and just be myself and educate and be of service... I think it will lead me to where I want to go. And though I thought it was a TV show at one point, I don't even think about that anymore. You know, I I see the DP Fit Crew brand growing. I see the community growing, doing pop-up events, doing retreats, continuing to grow the eBooks, creating my own app, like lots of different things. But at this point, I think the opportunities are endless because I do have such a close-knit community that's willing to support. And that literally makes it all worth it because you just need a few people to start the support and then it keeps going. So I just, I guess the the long-winded answer to that was what you think you may have wanted years ago is maybe not what you want. And maybe it led you down a different path to being fully unapologetically, authentically you. And now if you're at that place, like there's no back and down, you're not going to go back to the mold. You're just going to keep breaking through the glass ceiling, so to speak. 100%. I think also, and I, I, I imagine it's the same for you, but for me, whenever I've auditioned for that role or, you know, other ones similar, it's like I have this vision of who I would be in that role and what I would get to do and, you know, the encouragement and the motivation I would get to speak, you know, into people's lives so they can make change in their life, right? And I think you're the same way, right? But the thing is, I don't know. We just decided, actually, you know what? 
I can still do that. And I don't need that position to do all of the things that I'm reaching for. Yes. Yeah. Because everything that it would take to be a trainer on The Biggest Loser and all of those characteristics and attributes, like we still do that. That's probably true for anybody in anything that you're like reaching for in your life that you think you want to do. It's like, you know, and this is something I say in my soul cycle classes all the time is that the dream stays the same, but the vessel changes. Anyone out there listening, we should, we don't have to be so narrow minded and, and married to like this specific goal. Just like cherry pick the things that you love out of that goal and cherry pick like all of the characteristics and, and then just embody that. Yep. Yep. And even, I mean, you said it, it's kind of like you still are on a platform motivating that not just 16 contestants, you are reaching thousands of people per day. I am reaching thousands of people per day to move their bodies and to motivate them. So yeah, the vessel has changed almost in a more impactful way, you know? So hell yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, now you've got like, you know, thousands upon thousands of followers on Instagram, well on your way to, you know, hitting like 100k and uh, great community. So when you were first building it out, at what point because I know Matt, your husband is like, not only like your biggest supporter, but like you guys are a team, you guys work together, like the Danielle Pacenti fitness brand is something like he works for the brand, you guys work together. So was it always that way? Or did he have like a normal job, if you will? And then at what point did you guys make the decision that he would quit his job and go full time, you know, building your brand? So he's an ex professional baseball player. And he actually quit the game altogether, retired early on. And he's like, what am I going to do out in LA? And I was like, I don't know, just come out. It'll be a great time. (laughs) He actually started a baseball coaching business out here that he still to this day does. So that's like his passion. It will always live inside of him as an ex-athlete, as an ex-baseball player. But with my brand, the funny thing is he tried to convince me for two years to take the business online back in like 2014. So Kayla Itzinas was kind of the first online trainer to hit the market. And in 2014, she was it. Like, that was it. It was either Kayla Itzinas, maybe tone it up. And that was kind of it. And he was just like, I think you could do that. I was like, really, though? Because I have a set clientele here. Like, I'm making good money. I'm doing house calls. Like, I had a great training business. And to just up and leave a very steady income and a steady clientele was... It was insane to me that he wanted me to do that. So he tried to convince me for a year and a half. And I finally said yes. And I didn't totally quit my clients right away because I was scared. I was like, this is not going to work. And he really supported me during that time, especially pushed me to just get the shit done. I mean, he figured out he would spend hours on YouTube, figuring out how to run the back end of a website. He would spend hours on YouTube, figuring out how to shoot content, edit content, edit videos, just Just on his free time, right? When he wasn't coaching baseball. In that time, he was completely self-taught. He is a self-taught entrepreneur from YouTube and Google, which is incredible because a lot of people think Matt was in tech. And I'm like, no, no, no. He did not know a thing. So he, he learned it all. And then, you know, as the years went on, I always tell people this, but we launched something for $10 the first time. It was like a treadmill training guide. And we, and I think 13 people bought it. Okay. So you the journey of that six years ago 
I left a cushy training client's job, basically, to I sold 13 $10 training guides. You can do the math on that, right? Scary to think I'm going to just leave my clients and come to this. So it took a lot of convincing and a lot of grind and a lot of continued failed launches until I would say about three and a half years, we hit our stride a bit, like we had a bigger launch. And then I think at the three and a half to four year mark, I did eliminate all the clients in person to focus fully on the business. And he still does baseball clients, but he knows he doesn't have to. And he really does embrace and work full time for the business. Out of all the things he's taught himself, he continues to learn every day. So it's like, I think three years would be a time where we hit our stride. And then now we really have good systems in place. And this is what, five years into it? Good systems in place, big launches, you know, big things that we have coming down the pipeline at all times from a lot of trial and error and a lot of just literally not knowing what the hell we were doing to begin with at all. Like not one single thing. That is what it's all about. The willingness to be focused and determined, the willingness to believe in yourself when there's no proof that it's going to work whatsoever and just really owning that this is what I want to do. This is what I care about. This is what I love. And like, I'm going to make it happen even when it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And there were just so many launches in there that did fail, you know, and it was things that I thought were good. And I still think they're good. But I had at one point, you know, 7,000, 8,000 followers on Instagram. And even though that that probably does seem like a lot, not many people were listening. It wasn't hitting right. And I think it started to hit when I just started to really be unapologetically myself and just kind of keep it real, share it all, if you will. And I think that helped people to feel more connected. Yeah. What do you think about how people show up on social media right now versus how you show up on social media right now? Because you are very goofy, silly, authentic, fun. Do you think that people are showing more polished things or... Is it because there's this thing I think I'll just say like a a trend of like fake authentic? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram's a tricky place because I actually think there's so much good being done on the platform. Like when I really look at both sides of it, I think authenticity, like actual authenticity and sharing parts of your life, has become way more normalized. I think people are flocking to that and away from the picture perfect. So I love that Instagram has brought more awareness to what's real and also plenty of awareness to what's not real. And some people still flock to that, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But I think for the most part, especially this last year, people got more clear about their beliefs, what they wanted to put on the platform, how they wanted to show up more convicted and like the things that mold them and shape them. And I actually think that was a really powerful thing last year was to just really show up online as you and, and share your opinions, even if they're not going to be well received and be okay with the criticism and the feedback and the trolling and whatever, and kind of just sit in that and be okay with that and be okay with the growth and the learning and all the things. And so I flock to people that are sharing that shit when it's not pretty during the tears, during the tough times, like I want to see all of it. And I think from a business standpoint, your consumer or your customer wants to see that, hey, it is not glitz and glam. Hey, 
this is a real picture of real life. There's a human being behind this screen. Like it gives me chills because that is what life is. It's not glitz and glam. Even on that perfect blogger account with those highly curated, filtered pictures, it is not that way in real life. Everyone is going through their own battles and struggles. And not that everything has to be shared, but I think from a customer standpoint, they appreciate that because if you take them on the journey, they want to support the journey. I completely agree with that. If you take them on the journey, they want to support the journey. Just like talk about the highs, talk about the lows, talk about everything in between and what you face along along the way. And then people are invested in the journey because ultimately people want to see people win. They do. When they go along for the ride, it's like, you know, they celebrate you when you celebrate life and, and vice versa. So I think you're so right about that. Right. In our industry, there are certain things that we're trying to sell, whether it's a, a life coaching course, whether it's a training guide, what a challenge, whatever it is. I don't like when someone like cold sells me and I've not, I've not seen them for two weeks. I'm like, wait, what happened? And so when I'm in a launch, I by no means am complaining, but I'm very real about the work that it takes to kind of get there. And I love sharing the behind the scenes so that they can feel like they're part of a process, you know, like, I want to know, hey, what do you what color themes do we want to see for for the challenge? Where do you want to shoot at? Like, I ask them everything and get their opinion, because then they do feel very invested in the process. And so I always tell people to try to take their customer along for the ride and the journey, because those are the people that are, are truly supporting you and that are also supporting your bank account, of course. So like, it's important that you give some stuff back to them and that you feel like you have that connection. Does that make sense? Uh, yes, it makes perfect sense. Right. <laughs> Internet trolls. How do we deal with them when they pop up? Honestly, like some days I'm more sensitive to it. Some days I could care less. I don't know, for whatever reason, it doesn't hit me. I'm invincible. I got it. And then there's other days and I how I explain it is it's not the random trolls for me that are like, you look like a man. It's the character assassination for me. When that happens, I will defend myself forever. Even though I know that they're a troll, it's like I still feel the need to defend myself. So the one thing, especially in this last year where we were all on a growth journey, we were all getting a little uncomfortable with things we needed to unlearn, things we needed to learn, injustices in the world. Like seriously... 2020 was a big growth year for me personally, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't know. While I went on that journey, I wanted to share it with my community and following because I know primarily a lot of them have a similar life to me. And I wanted to be able to kind of talk about this stuff and take them on the growth journey too, even though a lot of it didn't have to necessarily do with fitness, right? Now with that came a lot of opinions and beliefs and trolls and I think the one thing I continually remind myself of, and I, I continue to remind myself of this every day with trolls, is just that if you are coming from a place of grounded morals, beliefs that you genuinely believe in, then that shouldn't rattle or shake you, right? If you actually believe what you're saying and it's not performative and you're not, nobody's holding a gun to your head saying, post this right now, right? If you're just truly living, in your truth, and you're grounded in your morals and beliefs, then 
that shit shouldn't shake you. And I constantly have to repeat that to myself because sometimes it does shake me, right? But I have to come back to me and I have to really say, hey girl, did you really believe what you just posted? And if I'm like, yeah, I did, then okay, we're going to eliminate that troll to the side. And it kind of, it's this little ping, it's this game of ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. And you kind of have to go back and forth and just stay grounded in who you are. And so that's really helped me, especially in the last year as I grow. But I, I would love to know that same thing from you too. Like, how do you deal with it? Well, um, it's exactly what you said, you know, really getting crystal clear about who I am, the message I want to give out in the world and knowing that there will always be naysayers. There will always be non-believers. There will always be people who want to root against you as well as, you know, the same way there's always people that want to root for you. But when that happens, it's like when you're strong in your convictions of who you are and you come back to that and you remain rooted in why you do what you do, then it becomes something that you just have to brush off your shoulders. We cannot expect anyone else to believe in us if we are not willing to first and foremost believe in ourselves. We can't be shaken and rattled every time someone doesn't choose to believe in us. I do probably, I think we're all probably guilty of this. Like you'll catch yourself having a negative thought, right? About someone else. And I try to always reflect it back to myself and say, okay, why are we having this thought? What is it about this girl or this person that is making me feel like I don't like them? And I always feel like it comes back to, I can dig down deep and figure out that it is an insecurity of my own. 99% of the time, why I don't like someone else or feel negatively towards somebody. And I try to like get to the root of those feelings. I really do. Because I'm like, oh, it's because I would really love to have A, B, or C, and she has A, B, or C. And I wish that I was there, but I'm not there yet. But that's not her fault. Why don't we instead flip the narrative and be like, yeah, go her. And maybe she's on chapter 20 and I'm on chapter one and that's okay. Good on you, honestly. A lot of people aren't willing to take the time to like dive that far down into themselves and be like, hey, is this, tr- is this a trigger for me? Because I'm not, you know, and like, that's a huge growth thing because so many people are quick to say, hit the unfollow button. And I'm just like, before you do that, take a beat. How is it getting to you? Is this a you thing or is this just not serving you and bringing you negativity? If it's bringing you negativity, of course, I'm like, you should do that. But I think people are quick to say like, unfollow 15 accounts that trigger you. It's like, okay, but also while you're doing that, let's take a second. I'm like a psychology major. So I'm always psychoanalyzing, not just everyone else, but myself, of course, first and foremost. So like, I, I love that you said that though, but it's like, yeah, internalize and you kind of just have to look at yourself because I think that's important too. Like there's not always going to be times where we feel uncomfortable and the things that we're following or consuming. But sometimes that's really just a sign of growth when we can look at that and still be okay looking at the thing without getting triggered, you know? Right. Not only dealing with just social media people or people you don't know, but also dealing with it with your coworkers and friends or people you actually do know. And... I feel like I've found myself in situations where people have like maybe people that I know in real life have like unfollowed me on Instagram and it 
crushes you for some reason. And you're like, but wait, what? And you want to be like, why? What is it? What did I do? I don't know. And the thing is, like, I think take that same thought process and also use it for when people decide that they unfollow you or don't like you for whatever reason and know that like that's their own thing. You know, that doesn't have necessarily actually have anything to do with you. I've also been on the end where I was that person that like maybe hit the unfollow button and had to have like tough conversations. I think at the end of the day, it's like, if you have friends, it wouldn't hurt to have the conversation. Right. And I think Instagram's an easy place to be like a cop out. Like, Oh, I'm just going to unfollow her here and (laughs) it'll be done. It'll be over. And it's like, Whoa, that was your actual friend. Right. So having those tough conversations within within friends too, because it's like you want a supportive circle around you. And at the end of the day, like when you're trying to build a business, when you're trying to build an empire, when you're trying to show up and be your best self, you don't want the negativity of your own friends to bring you down, right? And so if that circle doesn't feel positive, if it doesn't feel like if it crushes you a little that they unfollow you, it's like at the end of the day at our age and what we're trying to build, you kind of have to just be like, all right, bye. You know, okay, then bye. Because we're making room for people who want to be here. Yeah, it's because we have thousands of people that want to be here. And I think, too, the last thing I'll say on that, that we both kind of came back to is that for every one to two trolls, for every one to two shitty friends, right? There is a world of incredible souls and human beings that believe in what we're doing and like wholeheartedly get tons of messages every day, like supporting our mission, supporting our message and supporting us and lifting us up. Relating that back to people who who are listening right now that that don't have the social media following. It's not even about that. It's just even your small group of friends, like sometimes friendships don't work out, things don't work out. It's like, let's focus more on the people who are there to support us and love us instead. Yes, yes, 100%. Bless and release the rest of them. Bless (laughs) and release. I say block and bless, baby. (laughs) I like that one. I don't know that one. Block and bless. I like it. Okay, last thing I want to chat about is uh, you actually talked about this on your Instagram today about releasing perfectionism, something that we all deal with, I think, from time to time. I mean, my motto with that is done is better than perfect. Get get it out there and do it, you know? Are you a perfectionist? I've got a theory on perfectionism. And based on what you're saying on your Instagram, I don't know that your theory is the same. But for me, perfectionism is a fancy word for procrastination. Oh, my gosh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, I want it to be perfect. No, bitch, you are just not doing the work. Like, get to work. Get off your phone. Stop. Like, just do what you need to do. You know, but anyways, and I'm like, oh, I'm just a perfectionist. I know. I know. You know what? I said it on my Instagram today. I'm toxic because (laughs) I'm toxic to myself because I do like things neat and pretty and I want to put it out there in the world nice and neat. I don't space out the work. It's like 24 hours till go time and I'm freaking pulling an all nighter trying to make it. That is on me. Procrastination is a real thing for a lot of perfectionists too, because they think they have all this time. I'm really not trying to be somebody that I'm not. You know what? Let me ask you this question. The golden question. Does it always get done? Always. Always. Yes. You get it done. So you know what? It's a stressful 24 hours before the shit's due. and It's got to be done, but it always 
gets done. This is the toxicity in it because we get away with it, right? And procrastinators get away with it. I've just started to tell myself that's who I am and I'm okay with it. And yeah, this is so, so all of a sudden, I think it's taken a little less stress off my last 24 hours because I'm like, I know I'm going to get it done. With time and with multiple procrastination episodes and all the things, I also think the perfectionist tendencies I used to have, which was to proofread things 75 times before I send, it's like, why am I doing that? I don't have time to mess around, especially since my procrastination habits have gotten worse. I don't have the time to sit there and read it. And so I like your theory. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I am a procrastinator. I work well under pressure. I almost need the pressure. I do think letting the little things go has been something I've really tried to work on in the last year, especially diving in a little deeper is not overthinking before I hit post, not overthinking when I do a story, not filtering a story, not like all these things that add up in perfectionist tendencies where it's like, Ooh, that didn't sound right. Let me redo it. I'm trying to just like continue to hit publish, continue to hit post, continue to send the email. Even if there's errors, continue to say LOL in an email instead of period, let's make things perfect. You know what I mean? It's still is a practice, but it is very liberating when you get to the point where you're just like, all right, less fucks given, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Closing out question for you. What is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? To be yourself. Whatever that is, I know it can get cloudy and confusing along the way, especially if you're in high school, if you're in college and you have a lot of outside influence with social media, Instagram, whatever it is, try to continue being yourself through it all. And don't dull down any sparkle you have. Don't put yourself in a box. Like anything that you want to do, go for it. And also be yourself when you're doing it. That real you will always come through. And there will always be people that want you, not any other version that you think you need to be. Man. That is, that's good. That's good. Is it? <laughs> it is. It's really good. We always think we need to be a version of ourselves to please everybody else. And we invite the realest people and the best friends and the realest, most authentic relationships into our lives when we are willing to just be ourselves. So great advice. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being here. You're at the bomb.com, as I said. Thank you for having me. And like, I really cherish our friendship on the internet is like kind of how we met each other, but I feel oddly really close. And I just appreciate your support over the years too. And I'm excited to see where the podcast goes. Thank you. And right back at you, sister. I was so not kidding. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Danielle and please follow her on Instagram. You will not regret it. Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I related to the most in the conversation is just imposter syndrome. We can have all the tools in the world and we can know how to combat imposter syndrome, but you never know when it's going to creep in. You never know when it's going to come up. And I always say that we all deal with imposter syndrome, whether you are a C-level executive or you are just getting started out in whatever it is that you're doing. There's always going to be someone who is a level ahead of you. There's always going to be someone 
who somehow makes you feel or question like, you know, what you're doing or if you're good enough or smart enough or pretty enough or funny enough or attractive enough or whatever it is. And just, I think, granting yourself grace is really it. You know, it's like I said, you can know all of the tools to step out of that and you can know what's happening when it's happening in your mind. But just being patient with yourself to know that like you can snap out of it and knowing if you're in the room, it's because you're supposed to be in the room. So if that's at work or wherever it is, not questioning whether you ended up there on accident, knowing that if you are there, wherever it is, it's because you're supposed to be there. So building that confidence in yourself to raise your hand, to speak up, to know that what you have to say is important and believing that you did not make it this far in life, wherever it is that you are on accident, right? Because we didn't, we didn't make it this far on accident. We also didn't make it this far to only make it this far. So we got to keep on going, fighting through the imposter syndrome and all the other stuff that comes up. But that's also why we're here, right? So thank you guys for tuning in. And I hope that this episode helped you through maybe something that you're going through in your life, or maybe it's something that you have a friend that they're going through. And so I hope that you share you know, this episode with somebody else who's going through something similar. And beyond that, please, as always, you know, give us five stars if you can. And please leave a review and make sure you subscribe, all that stuff. I'm Victoria Brown. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can follow me at Victoria Brown. You can follow the Very Best Self podcast on our podcast handle at Very Best Self. Yeah, that's it, guys. Have a good one. As always, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you for listening to today's episode, for hitting that subscribe button, and maybe most importantly, for leaving a positive review. If you loved this episode, please pay it forward and share it with someone that you love. That's how we keep this thing going. You can find me on Instagram at Victoria Brown or connect with me and the Very Best Self Squad on our pod page at Very Best Self. Don't forget, no matter where you are on your journey, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. I'll see you next time, squad.